it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for the episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penling, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Today, Thursday, August 18th, 2022. I'm joined not only by Ben Gorwitz once again, but also by our SEC special guest. Ben may have referred to him as Paul Feinbaum on our last podcast. He's about the closest thing we can get on here. Cody Hardage. Cody, say what's up to the people. How we doing, peeps? How we doing? It's good to be back. The yeah. annual talk in college football in August where I am incredibly wrong, but I'm looking forward to it. Hey, guys, y'all know we have to bring in the heavy hitters for college football. Ben, you ready? You excited to talk about your Crimson Tide to start things off? Let's do it, man. Loaded, loaded, uh, loaded roster talent, loaded uh, podcast right here. Oh, yeah, guys, we're going to start things out in the SEC West, then we'll move to the East. Um, obviously, usually we start out with the conference champion, but with how loaded up the SEC is, I think we're better off starting things out on that side. Um, ben, why don't you go ahead and start us off here with your Alabama Crimson Tide? Are they going undefeated this season? Listen, everyone knows there's, – there's obvious talk about Alabama. Um, I don't think people want to hear that. You know that they dominated the transfer portal by now. You know that they have the quarterback back. You know that they have Will Anderson back. The schedule, it, it has interesting moments to it. Um, obviously, week two, they go at Texas, which is interesting. A lot of former Alabama Crimson Tide coaches and players are on that roster. Uh, Texas brings in Quinn Ewers, who people are really high on, you know, former five-star kid. It's at Texas, which I guess makes it interesting for schedule purposes. I guess Alabama can use that as we play a tough opponent on the road. I don't know if that game is going to be that close. Young quarterback against the Nick Saban defense. They had a decent amount of guys return. A lot of talent on defense. Not too worried about that game. Arkansas is an interesting one. They have had games where they've played Bama pretty close in Arkansas. They've had games where Alabama showed up. October 8th is the big one, A&M. Lying Jimbo Fisher comes into Tuscaloosa, where I promise you oh. it will be absolute hell for the Aggies on October 8th. Uh, Will Anderson has already mentioned during his SEC media days that uh, we'll just see how it lays out on the field. So that game's going to be a lot of fun to watch for all college football fans. It's probably going to break records in terms of TV viewers for the season. Um, so I'm excited for that one at Tennessee. Should have a pretty good offense this year. We'll get into Tennessee, but Bama has not lost to them in a long time, 13 years maybe. And then they finish up around the end with at LSU and at Ole Miss and then Auburn, obviously. We'll talk about Auburn with Cody. So, listen, I think there's some tough road games between at LSU, Ole Miss, Texas, and Tennessee. If this team stays healthy on the offensive line, I just don't know if anyone can beat them this year because I don't know if, how many teams in the SEC West have the offensive fire, firepower that Alabama's bringing to the table. It's just their weakness is their offensive line once again. If they can protect Bryce Young better than last year, He's going to have another Heisman campaign, and he's going to put up a lot of numbers. Yeah, um, be honest with you, Ben. I don't see any losses for the do or for uh, this dogs. My dogs bark in the background, but I don't see any losses for Alabama on the schedule. I just feel like you know, even though the SEC West can be tough, they they get lucky and crossover against Vandy. But on top of that, I just think Bryce Young's going to have this thing going. You know, I am. I don't think the receivers are as great as they've been in the past. Like I don't see those high, high round NFL picks, but still, I think adding Jameer Gibbs is huge and everything else they've done in the transfer portal. They also bring over Burton from Georgia. I just think that, you know, it's Alabama. Whenever Saban loses in the national championship, he comes out pissed off. And I expect that to be what we see this season. What do you think, mm -hmm. Cody? 
Yeah, of course. I think Alabama, I mean, from a roster standpoint, um, is the best in the country by far. Um, but to Ben's point, you know, I watched it in the Iron Bowl last year. If you have defensive ends or a good defensive line that can get to Bryce Young, you can expose that offense. Um, and that's the one way you can beat them. Georgia did it in the national championship. You know, granted, they, they were missing two of their top players and top receivers. Uh, but, you know, that's one way to beat Alabama. Um, and there's only a couple teams in the SEC that can do that. Uh, and I don't think they will. But, you know, the SEC West standings are pretty – the predictions are pretty laughable, in my opinion. Um, and it's I not agree. because they had Auburn Auburn last. It is honestly because they have Ole Miss, Auburn, and LSU at the bottom tier of the SEC West. Um, and you can mark my words here. That, that, that's incredibly wrong. Um, Alabama will be first, but Texas A&M, Arkansas, Mississippi State, two, three, four. Um, that won't happen. Uh, Arkansas agree. will be Arkansas. Arkansas will be seven to five, eight and four. Mississippi State will be lucky to win six games, and eight and A and M will go nine and three like they always do. And so you guys are hearing me first. And when we talk standings, I mean, people don't know what they're talking about. Hey, well, words. Hey, I I don't think that's a bad prediction at all, there, Cody. Let's talk about Texas A and M here since we already brought him up. Ben's calling Jimbo Fisher a liar. You saying they're going to go nine and three as usual? Not going to lie. I'm going to have to agree with you all here. I think Max Johnson will be better for the offense than last year. But see, the thing I like is DJ Durkin taking over the defense. He's been proven over the years that in his first year taking over defenses that he always does a lot better. I mean, last year he got Ole Miss to being finishing second in this side of the SEC with everything that he did for that uh, defense up and up and start or in uh, Oxford. But um Ultimately, I think it's all the five stars they have. This is just so much talent. This is the most talented defense that he's ever taken over. I think he's going to be able to lead this defense to, you know, being one of the top in the SEC. But I definitely think the offense, like when I look at skill position, skill position players, it looks like Anaya Smith won't be suspended and he'll be able to play since he got all his charges dropped. But I mean, other than that, I don't think they quite have those skill position players. And I mean, at the end of the day, they play an extremely hard schedule. They have to play Miami as one of their out-of-conference teams. I know Miami comes there, but I mean, they're also playing the SEC West. I think nine and three is pretty fair assessment for Texas A&M this upcoming season but I will say this I do think they're building something in that that with all these high recruiting classes they've been getting I think like next year or the year after is more so their year I will believe it when they ever make a playoff it's the same roster I mean the A&M's had a great roster I mean since someone since I mean I understand they haven't had a number one recruiting class like they did last year but like they haven't proved anything I mean the last 10 years they've had great recruiting classes Look at that team of Johnny Manziel. They have, I mean, one of the best rosters I've ever seen on the offensive side of the football. They just never can seem to get it done. Um, I think they lost to Arkansas last year in Dallas, right? Um, like yep. games like that, uh, they just don't win. And they have to play at Auburn this year. And I, I, they're not – like games like that, they struggle. Jimbo is not a big – I mean, maybe at FSU, I just am not a big believer in him. Now, I'm looking at their schedule now. I count – eight games that I would consider as not an easy opponent. Now they're games that a and going to be favored in for some of them, but I'll count them out. Appalachian State, I get that it's at home, but Appalachian State's a, one of the better yep. um, smaller programs that we have in college football, consistent. So Appalachian State, Miami, Arkansas, at Alabama, that's four, at South Carolina, it's a really tough environment. Cody mentioned Auburn. Those are two of the best environments in the SEC. Um, Auburn, Ole Miss and, and uh, LSU. Those aren't easy games. Those are eight games that I would consider to be tough. I don't think they go five and three in those games. I really don't. I, I think I see more than three losses. Um, and not to mention, we've seen a theme 
like this since Nick Saban's really been at um, Alabama. When you play Alabama, sometimes the games after that don't go as expected, whether injuries happen or psychologically you give up on the year if that's your second loss. Look at Florida last year. They play – after they play Alabama, they have a bye to reset and refresh. They go at South Carolina, home against Ole Miss, home against Florida, at Auburn, Massachusetts, and home against LSU to finish the year. Good luck in that back half stretch after you play Alabama, especially if Alabama is your second loss at that point. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we are all agree that this is not the year Texas A&M is going to go to the college football playoff. Let's keep it moving here, though. Let's talk about Ole Miss. Ole Miss lose, obviously loses their defensive coordinator, Durkin. We just talked about Jeff Levy also is out of there as he's going to go be the Oklahoma offensive coordinator. Um, ben, what do you think about Ole Miss this upcoming season? Well, might as well call them the transfer rebels because uh, literally their entire playmaking group is from the transfer portal. Um, we don't know officially who's going to be starting at quarterback. I would imagine it's Jackson Dart because, as Cody says oftentimes, why would he transfer there if he wasn't promised the starting job? Um, Zach Evans is incredibly interesting because he's one of the best running backs out of high school. And uh, he, you know, had some trouble in the recruiting process, but he was unbelievable at TCU last year. They have two new wide receivers, a lineman, and a new tight end. So, a lot of moving parts for Lane Kiffin. Um, you mentioned he lost his DJ Durkin as a defensive coordinator. He also lost Jeff Levy as his offensive coordinator, went to Oklahoma. I still think this offense can be really, really good because that's what Lane Kiffin is known for, being an offensive mm-hmm. mastermind. The defense was better last year, but they lost a decent amount of defense and they lost Durkin. I don't think they replaced that very well in a tough SEC West. I think they're a team that is going to finish middle of the pack in the SEC West, but they're a team that can beat anyone on any given day if that offense is rolling. Yeah, I think that's going to be a common theme when you look at this conference is I feel like that they're just going to beat up on each other like we've seen in the past couple of years. Um, apparently, Jackson Dart hasn't won the starting job, but I kind of am with you on this one. I feel like he wouldn't have transferred there if he didn't think he was going to win it. Um, at the same time, though, like it, it's it's just the gauntlet, man. I mean, like they got to play at Texas A&M, at Arkansas, like you're saying. I mean, they, I feel like there's really the, – they're. I mean, Georgia Tech is pretty bad. I mean, Georgia Tech and Tulsa, you know, like they pretty much have four gimmies to start the season out. So, I mean, I feel like in SEC play, the fact that they draw Vandy as well from the other side, I think that like, I think it's going to be like a six, seven win football team. I really do. I just think that this SEC West out after Alabama, I just think all these other teams are just like, you know, too close together as skill wise. And I'm, I'm even saying that about Auburn, Cody. I think they're all too close together skill wise. I just think they're all going to beat up on each other. And it's going to be tough really for anybody to win more than, nine games if if even more than one of those teams wins nine games no I I 100% agree with you dude I mean I'm not here to say Auburn's like this top football program anymore because I mean right now we are definitely on the on the come up (laughs) from the bottom um so um yeah I 100% agree with you I think the SEC West is going to be a gauntlet this year uh for pretty much every team except Alabama um you know Ole Miss Jackson I think I'm with Ben I think he's gonna be the starting quarterback um, from everything everyone is talking about. Uh, they will have an explosive offense that probably puts up 30 points a game in games that are irrelevant, like Mississippi State, you know, whatever. You know what I'm thinking of. I think they play Memphis, um, whatever whatever game. might be Mississippi State, they're playing Memphis, whoever. Ole Miss does not win big games, and it's going to continue to be that way yep. because they don't have defense. Their defensive line and their linebackers are too slow, and they have a secondary that all comes from JUCO or transfers from a different program. 
Um, and it just doesn't, it's not a good recipe for success. Um, they don't recruit like the big dogs and they're, and Ben will agree with me on this. They are the most cocky fan base for never being relevant. Like ever. Yeah. Like, they've never, they've never been to Atlanta. Like they've never played an SEC championship in, in the school's history. So like, they, you walk into the Grove and Ole Miss fans, you think they're 10 and 0. I'm like, you just lost 56 7 to Arkansas last week. What are you talking about? Like, I don't know. Just wanted to rant there. Arkansas, Ole, Ole Miss fans just bother me. They develop wide receiver talent pretty well. They put a decent amount of NFL receivers recently. Um, but certainly having Lane Kiffin, he would do that any program. Outside of Treadwell, who? And AJ Brown, sorry. My thing is DK. Yeah. DK Metcalf. DK, that's the guy. That's, then, I knew I was missing and, one more. Drummond from last year. Is Drummond's back though, right? Oh, did he come back? I thought he, he may be back. He's going to be an NFL guy if he came back. No, but but you know how it is. It's like they're not going to win more than eight or nine games because they never will have a defense. They can't. I mean, I I watched a game. Um, Alabama played Ole Miss, and they had A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf together. And they scored on the first drive of the game. They received the ball first. D.K. Metcalf scored a long touchdown. They finished the game with seven points. Yeah, I remember that game pretty vividly. Drummond actually went undrafted and is now on the Seahawks, so he is gone as well. Um, Anyway, though, let's keep things rolling, Cody. I know you've been dying to talk about it this entire time, Cody. Tell us why Auburn is going to exceed expectations this season. It's the disrespect, all right? That's all I want to call it, the disrespect. People people need to look at our roster, okay? Yes, we're not going to be 10-2. and Yes, we're not going to be 9-3. and But to say Auburn is going to go 5-7, and or six and six. And I understand that because of last year. I totally understand. But we fell apart last year. Ben was shitting his pants watching the Iron Bowl last year. So that was the last game of the season last year, right? It shows the talent when we put it together and play a great game, we can compete with anybody. And there's not many teams that can compete with Alabama at their great game. Um, And so we really, we did lose a lot of people. um, But guess what we didn't lose? We didn't lose one defensive lineman. We didn't lose one person on the offensive line. Um, and we bring back Tank Bixby um, and our, our secondary and, and our wide receiver and core is our biggest question mark. Um, we have some young stud receivers that are, you know, from my experience of watching college football, it takes time to develop. Um, so I'm not sure how our passing attack is going to be, but we have two great running backs in Jarquez Hunter and, you know, Tank Bixby. Um, I do think we're going to see improvements on the offense, offensive side of the football with Harson really calling the plays. And our defense, right? We have a team that fully believes for once um, in Harson. I don't think a lot of the you know seniors last year that started really believed in Harson and his philosophy due to Gus Malzahn. Um, we still have some four- and five-star guys on our roster, man, and we still can ready to play. My biggest concern is recruiting for Auburn in the future. We need to pick it up. But right now, the roster is not that bad. Uh, we just really need TJ Finley or whoever our quarterback to be needs to be efficient like just efficient you don't need to be great um, and be efficient I have us going eight and four um, I think we're going to start off the season going five and oh we're going to beat Penn State at home um, we actually if you look at our schedule I think it's first five or six games are at home it's pretty odd it's a really odd schedule uh, we don't yeah, play anyone fine. until Penn State um, after that we have a gauntlet uh, and I see us losing you know four games five games possibly with a bowl game 
Yeah, I actually do agree with you, Cody. I think Auburn's getting written off here. I mean, people forget Auburn's been a pretty consistent program over the past couple of years, and they keep on winning. And I agree with you. Like, I feel like the team, you know, that they were really, like, split down the middle between Harson, and I feel like he got all those guys out of there, and the fact that he stuck around, he can right the ship and do well. I mean, Boise State, he ran a great program when he was at Boise State, and I also think that he has the kind of quarterbacks he wants. Like, I feel like when he was at Boise State, you know, he didn't have that quarterback who was going to run around and, you know, make all the cool highlight plays, but he had the guy, you know, who was going to play you know good consistent football and make the easy throws and I feel like that's what they have they're going to pound ground and pound you with Bigsby but I agree man I think Auburn's going to start out the season undefeated until they travel to Athens I believe that'd make them five and oh to get the season started and then after that I mean I think they're still going to win at least two more games I've Auburn winning seven games possibly eight games I mean I just feel like that you know you give these teams all these gimmies in the SEC West and then they're there's always going to be upsets when you play that stacked of a schedule I think Auburn's actually going to surprise a lot of people I'm with you on this one I'm right around you guys with seven, eight wins. Although I know I see Mercer and San Jose State, San Jose State on schedule, but I don't think you can ever say that there's gimmies on Auburn's schedule because no. they have the hardest schedule I have ever seen every year. And Cody and I text each other every year that there's some fan base out there that's complaining about how hard their schedule is. And Cody seeks them out on Twitter. He says, "Okay, now look, now go look at Auburn's. Like yeah. it's it's so good for them." For their fans, like you see really good games. And, and Cody, you're right. The first five games are at home. I also could see them winning their first five. Obviously, the two hard ones are Penn State and LSU. Auburn's better than Penn State. But Big Ten fans who don't want to hear that, who won't admit that, Auburn very much could have won that game at Penn State. Um, What was it, two years ago? Last year. But Last we year. Just, was it? We blew it. Yeah, we, we fumbled in at our own red zone. It, right. It, so I, I, LSU is tough, but it's in Auburn. Um, listen, their schedule is just tough. I mean, at Georgia, at Ole Miss, you get a buy, and if it doesn't lighten up, Arkansas, at Mississippi State, A&M, Western Kentucky, and then at Alabama, it, it's not an easy schedule. It never is. I don't really disagree with anything Cody said. Cody and I have been talking every year for, I think it's three years now. I think he's a junior. They have Tank Bigsby. Just look at him in a mirror and just hand him the football. I don't I get that you may want to protect him for his future, but he should be getting like Trey Mason type carries that this kid should be getting. And his backup, Cody, who's his backup again? Jark West Hunter. Is also very good. Their their one-two punch is incredible. I don't think they should like just become one of those teams where it where it's almost like Michigan. They know you're gonna run it and just say stop it. And I or can you stop it? I know their offensive line isn't as great as some of the Big Ten teams. I'd be feeding Tank Bigsby the ball close to 30 times a game with um, with Hunter getting around 15 to 20 as well in screen passes. And they those are your best playmakers. Get them the football when your quarterback isn't as talented if TJ Finley gets the job. Don't put all that pressure on. Don't rely on them. Put it in your skill maker. So, listen, I think it's huge as well, and it's uh, important to add that Harson's back because – the worst thing for college football programs is just churning head coaches in and out every single year. You get no culture built. Whatever the scandal was about last year, I still feel like he was set up somehow. It, it seemed so fake from the beginning. He made it through, and he's trying to build a culture at Auburn. And whether his boosters wanted him to do it or not, he's starting the foundation. you got to let this guy coach because he, he eventually he's going to recruit. He just needs some time. It's hard to recruit when you got allegations against your name about being fired, why would any kid or why would any parent of an 18 year old 
trust someone who's trying to recruit their kid when they go on social media and everyone's saying he's going to be fired. So it's tough. He's building a culture. This is never a team you want to play in Auburn. Their home atmosphere, as I've seen firsthand, uh, Thomas, I'm sure you've been, Cody, you've lived it, is one of the toughest places to play in the country. It's not easy to play there. So this year they get dealt the wrong hand by playing at Georgia and at Alabama because you also get at Ole Miss. Those are not easy games. But Harson's got to stay. Unless something bad comes up, he has to stay to build this culture. And I don't think Auburn will take that long to rebuild. I just see them in a rebuilding stage as of right now. Yep. I think we, uh, we all hit the nail on the head there with that one. Let's keep things moving the SEC. Let's go with my surprise team in the SEC. I'm doing it, guys. I'm going to Starkville. I'm going with the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I think they're going to surprise some people this year. Mississippi State has the – I think they are the seventh. It's either seventh or eighth in the nation in returning talent this upcoming season. Um, they have a very favorable schedule as well. Obviously, they're in the SEC East. Look, I'm not saying this team's going to surprise people by going to the college football playoff. I'm not saying they're going to surprise people by winning 10 games this season saying I think this is going to be a nice eight and four season so historically with Mike Leach it's the third year for him at programs where he makes the big time jump Will Rogers was top three in all of college football last year and first in the SEC in passing yards and pretty much all passing stats I think he's going to make the leap as well with this whole team but I just think it's big that Mike Leach has his team back they have a decent defense and they have a solid home field advantage I think it's going to be a tough place for teams to go play. And I think that Mississippi State is going to be a great team when it comes to covering the spread. And I think they're also going to have a surprise season. I think they're going to win on the road at Kentucky. I think they're going to beat both Texas A&M and Arkansas at home. I think they're going to win wow. at LSU as well. I think their only You're losses. Off. What Man, what you on, boy? I don't know, man. I just feel like Mike Leach has got this offense going. I'm, I'm pretty down on LSU, who we'll get to here in a second. But ultimately, though, I think that they're really their only losses are going to be Auburn, Georgia, Alabama, and at Ole Miss. Those are the only ones I'm picking as losses for them this year. I've got them winning eight games this season. So you got them beating A&M but losing to Auburn. I do. I, I feel like that's the SEC West right there, you know? Hmm. Well, I'm going to read out their schedule, and this is all I'm going to say. I'm going to read out their L's, right? Memphis yeah, win. <laughs> Memphis win. At Arizona, it's going to be shaky. It's going to be high scoring. I'm talking like 59-50. I'm pounding the over. Um, LSU at LSU, that's going to be a brutal game. I, I, I actually will – I would take LSU. Bowling Green, A&M, you're on crack. I'll take A&M. Uh, Arkansas, I'll take Mississippi State. At Kentucky, L. At Alabama, L. Auburn, maybe. They might beat us. Georgia, for sure, L. At Ole Miss, over. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm i with Cody. I think they're – you mentioned you think their schedule is favorable. I, I'm on the opposite end it's of that. It's hard. I think, yeah. I think their schedule is pretty hard. The only I mean, Arizona has a win total, though, at two and a half. That's basically like playing an FCS pool. Yeah, but – It's also at Arizona. You, I mean, they look you, at the girls in the stands. You know how it is. Hey, they so are an SEC things. school, though. There's so many things you gotta you gotta get you gotta get used to when you fly out to the desert, Thomas. The women in Tucson, Arizona, are not the women in Starkville, Mississippi. I promise you that. Um, the only thing I just want to add is, like you mentioned, great offense. I mean, Will Rogers averaged 378 passing yards a game last year, which is ridiculous to think of. Um, 
they lost two. Ta- they lost their two tackles. One of them being what was he like the number six pick, Charles Cross, the Panthers. Yeah. He was a high pick. Um, they allowed thirty four sacks in twenty twenty one, and that was with an offensive tackle who got sixth in the draft. So clearly, one guy didn't really make that much of a difference to them. They threw you the ball sixty times a game, though. No, they did. It's it's very tough, and and you do have to point that out. Like their their defense wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. They allowed 27 points per game in SEC play last year. So they returned eight starters, but Thomas, as you always say, sometimes returning starters isn't all that great if the talent's not there. So they got to chip up the defense a little bit. We know Mike Leach's offense are going to put up points and score. It's just, can their defense get any stops in SEC play? Because the SEC schedule is not easy. You have to play Kentucky on the other side. No, I mean, trust me. I just feel like they're going to be able to schedule. schedule. I just feel like, you know, it's Mike Leach's third year. He's going to transform this offense. But, hey, that's why they're my sleeper team in this side. He got better from year one to year two. I think he went from four wins to seven, I think they won last year. Yeah, exactly. See, they they got something to build on this year. I think eight wins will be a solid year to improve once again as well. Um, Let's take a quick break here, guys, and then we'll be right back for the next episode or for the next part of the episode. All right, guys, we're back after a quick break. Hopefully, I got the dog to start bar- stop barking. But anyway, we're going to move now to Baton Rouge. Let's talk about them, guys. The LSU Tigers, first-year head coach Brian Kelly comes in. What do you all think? Is Brian Kelly going to get this program back to what it used to be, or is this going to be another rough year on a long road to the comeback? It might be a rough year. I'm, I am so high on him, though. Um, I think he's an incredible coach. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's a great people person. You'll probably have a lot of turnover from like the coaching staff and assistant coaching staff. Um, But I do think he's going to recruit. He's going to produce a bunch of NFL talent. Um, And I I really do think he's going to turn that program around. Uh, He's a perfect fit for LSU. You know, outside of him relating with the people there, I don't think he's much of a Louisiana person, but from a football coach standpoint. That accent said different though. Yeah. from From a football coach standpoint. I think he's the best coach they've had in quite some time. Um, and as an Auburn fan, I was super disappointed to see the hire. <laughs> so we're going to have to play him for a long time. Ben, what do you think? So, I mean, I agree with Cody that I also think Brian Kelly is a great coach. Um, he – it could be controversial, I guess. I'd probably put him – just off the top of my head, I feel like I'm missing someone. I think I'd put him at number four the best coaches that I have in college football. Saban, Kirby, Dabo, him maybe. I'm missing a big name. I'm putting Brian Kelly ahead of Ryan Day as of right now. Lincoln. I'm still putting Brian Kelly. I'd probably take Brian Kelly. He's got a he's got a career 69.2 win percentage. So Brian Kelly, like I, I get it. Everyone makes fun of Notre Dame because they get into the playoffs, they get destroyed. It's not a competition. He's made it, he's made it as the fourth team twice now if not three times so just as much as Oklahoma did the last game was pretty good competition it wasn't like a bad yeah yeah Yeah. he this guy's a really good coach he uh brings in a lot of talent he develops a lot of talent um LSU at the skill positions they bring back Keishon Butte who's one of the best receivers in the country they bring back John Emery who's a really good running back he's a former five-star and they have two guys battling it out in the uh, quarterback battle. It's Garrett Nussmeyer, who played a little bit last year, and Jaden Daniels, who transferred in. So I, I would imagine Jaden Daniels becomes the uh, starting guy in this competition now that Miles Brennan 
has officially retired from football due to, I believe, medical. Um, that guy was in college for seven years. He was in, he went to college when I went to college, 2016. And he crazy. played like less than five games, I swear. But anyway, they got a lot of talent. Um, I don't know how good they'll be in year one. I think they get pretty close back to LSU standards in year two of Brian Kelly, to be honest with you. Like what are LSU? I don't really know what LSU standards are. Um, like Cody, you've been in the SEC for forever. Like what, what are LSU standards? Are they an make SEC? The like is, make the playoff? Yeah. So they I have think the, by you. When I, when I think of like that, you got schools and this is not me being serious. You got Tennessee. LSU, Auburn, AM, all four teams that spend the money to be in the playoff each year. They don't make it. Right. But the expectation is to be in the playoff every year because the dollars being spent by boosters and so and so, I mean, it's it's more than, you know, it's top ten in the country, right? So your expectation is to be a top ten team. Yeah. And, and like I've always if you said, know what I mean, you like, see what I yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've always said, like, with Michigan, it's like everyone's expectations are it's like Michigan's on the same level as Ohio State. They they aren't. And in their history, they haven't really been all that much outside of, um, you know, probably a decade. But, like, Tennessee's the same way. Tennessee's standards are just too high for themselves because of some history that they have in the past. They're, Tennessee, as a football program, for most of my life, past 24 years, they should be happy with an eight to nine win season. They really should be. Yeah, no. yeah they, they, Tennessee, though, we, we can talk about them later, but in the 90s and 80s, they were a pretty darn good program. They were that's where great. they get the cockiness from, right? I mean, that's where the 100%. Fans, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's I, I mean, 100%. But where, they, like, their re- realistic expectations should be to try to get to eight to nine wins every year, beat Georgia every couple years, beat Florida, uh, I guess consistently, like have a good rivalry Florida, like that's their expectations. It's the same with Michigan. Now, Michigan's are going to be unrealistic once again because they just went to the playoff. But Michigan's a nine-win football program. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, no, I see. I th- when I look at this LSU team this upcoming season, look, they lost 39 people from last year's team. I re- I agree with y'all. I think Brian Kelly's a damn good coach. I really don't think he gets the credit he deserves for everything he did. I mean, he even had Clemson on the ropes and beat them one time too when he was when he was at Notre Dame. I mean, he did everything right when he's at Notre Dame. Even that year, Georgia won the national championship. I mean, it took him until basically the end of the game to pull away and win that thing. Um, I think this year though is going to be tough. I mean, they lost four out of their five offensive linemen. I mean, Ben, how many times did we buy into Jaden Daniels being that guy in the Pac-12? And I mean be honest with you guys I saw nothing I liked from him the entire time he was out there I don't think he's that guy and I don't think LSU is just going to magically tap into something that's not there ultimately I think he's a bust I think it's going to be a tough season for LSU I think they're going to win like five games probably on the season I think they will beat somebody they shouldn't beat but I think ultimately it's gonna be a pretty disappointing season for LSU but I do think that next year they'll Brian Kelly will write the ship and get everything going in the right direction I just think this year is you know kind of that transitional year um, let's finish things out here in the West real quick. Got the Arkansas Razorbacks. Obviously last year, guys, Arkansas had a great season. Um, they finished ranked. They had a bull victory. Um, KJ Jefferson was actually somehow he was fourth in the conference and, uh, basically he's basically the fourth overall QB statistically and whatnot. Um, 
I don't think he's going to do that this year. Trelon Burks is gone. The wide receiver room is looking a little thin. They were first in all of the SEC in rushing last year. Kendall Bryles kind of unlocked Jefferson and made him the best version he could possibly be. I think he did good things to the offense. I think Sam Pittman's a great coach. Ultimately, though, I think Arkansas is just right in the middle of the pack with all these teams. And I think six and seven is going to six to seven wins is going to be the end of end of season for Arkansas this year. I just don't see how that they have something that's going to put them over the top of the rest of these teams in the conference, especially with the way the wide receivers look. No, I hundred percent agree. Um, I think Arkansas, they probably one of the best off seasons from like a transfer portal standpoint. Uh, they did a great job. Um, I think Pittman's a fantastic coach. Um, and he's building a really nice culture at Arkansas. Uh, this goes back to my point about Ole Miss. Uh, I think they just like, this comes off so bad, but they're just going to be Arkansas. Um, like at the end of the day, I don't see them winning more than eight games. They're going to have some upsets. They're going to have some good wins, but they have a good roster, uh, but they lost the biggest playmaker last year in Burks. Um, I don't know who's going to replace him. I think, I think there's going to be, yeah, I, I really don't, I don't see them winning more than eight games. Um, which I'm sure they'll be celebrating in Fayetteville because that lame fan base, that's probably what they'll be. Yeah. They'll celebrate eight wins. I mean, it's like, I get it. Your goal is to win a national championship. I understand that, but the, the job for these programs are to just continue success. Like eight wins is not, it's not a nuts. It's a, it's a successful season. It, it's just not, depends on who your standards are. Like obviously Alabama's if not, but most programs in college football, are not going into the year thinking that they have a realistic chance at the national championship. That's just the state of the sport that we're in right now. Um, it's probably not great for the sport, but it is what it is, right? I mean, if I told you to pick four teams and they could win the um, college football national championship or you could have the field, you would probably pick the four teams that I'm picking up. So, uh, like, I agree with you, Cody, about the transfer portal. They were tremendous in it. They got two um, one kid from Georgia, Drew Sanders from Alabama, two kids from LSU. And then at the receiver position, they bring in Jaden Hazelwood, who is a kid from, I believe, the state of Georgia, uh, five-star. Who Going from Oklahoma? That Oklahoma? Yeah, he's from Oklahoma. He's at Arkansas now. They have Matt Landers, who was at Georgia. Then he went to Toledo. He's now at Arkansas. And then they brought in uh, – then they brought two guys back. So – it's not like a – I don't know if I'd call it a thin wide receiver room. It, it's very new for them. And K.J. Jefferson's a guy that he has to improve in the passing game. But I don't think they're going to – like, Traylon Burks is a stud. He went first round. But it's going to be, like, a committee that they brings you the production that one guy got you because outside of Burks last year, they didn't really have much. So I'm interested to see what Hazelwood would do. Their schedule is, is tough. So BYU at a conference, Cincinnati at a conference – they also get Liberty out of conference. Not a single game of those is going to be easy. Um, they play at BYU, and they start with Cincinnati. So I think their schedule is really tough. But I'm interested to see how K.J. Jefferson, he now has some hype behind him. The same thing as the Kentucky quarterback, which I know we're going to talk about. What can you do with that hype? Because you're not unknown anymore. Everyone has the tape on K.J. Jefferson knowing he's not a great passer, but he's a very good mobile quarterback with his size. What do you do when you're not under the radar? 
Yeah, no, it should be a fun season to see how everything plays out in the SEC West. Um, we'll get to who we have winning this side later. I think we all kind of already gave it away. Anyway, though, let's go over here to the SEC East. This is the side where that the national champion and actually, yeah, they're just the national champion. Georgia Bulldogs came out of as they lost to uh, Alabama in the SEC championship game. Um, let's go ahead and start things out, guys, here with Georgia. Look, Georgia lost 15 players from last year's team. In the into the draft, they lost four coaches. Um, this defense didn't give up it. They pretty much in the regular season only had eight drives that were out of garbage time where they gave up touchdowns. Um, they lost eight starters on the defensive side of the ball. Look, guys, when's the last time a team without an elite QB won the won the um, college football national championship? It's been a yeah, while. We go on this one. Yeah, it's been a while, probably from one of those Alabama teams where they had like Derrick Henry or Mark Ingram. That's probably how long it's been since a team like that has won. I mean, Jay Coker from Alabama in like 2015, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's been that long since a team did it like that. Look, guys, when I look at this roster, man, I mean, obviously Georgia reloaded. Kirby always reloads. He recruits some of the best. Georgia's got one of those classes. So what? Stetson Bennett is not that guy, guys. Let's be honest. We've seen him play a lot of times. I don't – I mean, you didn't have George Pickens there anymore. They lost their top two running backs from last year. I mean, I think this seems to be damn good. Their schedule is extremely easy as well. Oregon, I mean, Oregon's ranked in the top 15 in college football. They're not beating Georgia week one in Atlanta. It's not happening. They get Georgia Tech. I mean, Georgia Tech's an FCS team at this point. That's easy money right there. I mean, they get a play on the easier side of the SEC. Their crossover games, Mississippi State – and um, what's the other crossover game? Auburn. On schedule? Yeah, and Auburn. I always cross over to Auburn. They get Auburn at home, so they get a dodge having to play in a hostile environment over there. Schedule's going to be easy, guys, but Ben and I went over the back half of the schedule here here um, earlier before we started out the podcast. Look, I just think Georgia's going to lose a game there. I don't have this team going undefeated this season. Well, that's for damn sure. So the back half is Florida and Jacksonville. Uh, Tennessee and Athens at Mississippi State at Kentucky and then Tech. I mean, those aren't easy. Obviously, those are two big road games, a uh, neutral site game, and then uh, a team that just has a really good offense. But Tennessee probably won't be winning in Athens. I, you could go for an hour about what Georgia lost from last year. I don't give a damn. You don't recruit like Kirby does. You don't have the reputation of, of what he of how he coaches. If you can't replenish talent. Well, he, Ben, let me ask you this, though. Do you not think that was a historical college football defense they had last year? It was, Let's but see, it doesn't mean. Defenses like that. But, I mean, I feel like that was one of the most dominant defenses that, like, we've seen in a long, long time. I feel like, yeah, you got five stars, but they're not Jordan Davis. They're not, uh, but they they're not Jaylen, Kobe Dean. They got Jalen Carter as, as nose tackles. Take He's going to be a top five pick in the draft, like. It, they re, they have so much talent in their system and their program now. It, there's no excuse not to reload every single season, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. Obviously, they got to go out in the field and prove it. Like it, it's the same. Like their secondary was pretty young last year. Like, dude, the, these programs like they have so many edge rushers that their third strings could start at seventy to eighty percent of schools in the country. Like they're that good. These programs, the running backs at Georgia. The tight ends are ridiculous. They have four tight ends. Two of them might be a first-round pick. It's it's They're loaded, and I don't think Stetson – like, I, I don't know. I I don't think I have a right to say that he's not that guy anymore. 
everyone for every single game last year said he's not that guy. He proved that he was that guy every single time. Like, he made some massive fourth-quarter throws in the national championship game against Alabama. That that There's not a lot of quarterbacks that can really do that. So uh, I'm going to say he is that guy. He just doesn't look like the talent that you see at a national championship school usually. I don't think he has to be. He got the job done. Georgia fans are annoying. I want to put that out there. Uh, I'll start with this. Yeah, they have all the talent in the world. Have them going 12-0, and 0, um, losing to Alabama in the SEC Championship, and losing to Ohio State in the first playoff. Um, and I say this uh, because I think they won't have the offensive power to keep up. And I want to make this perfectly clear, and this is very, very true. If Alabama had the two receivers healthy last year, they would have won the national championship. Georgia would not have won. Agree. And, and no, I'll say it as an Auburn fan. So they wouldn't be national champions. They they had a historic defense, and guess who exposed them? They got exposed in the SEC championship. They got absolutely exposed. Alabama with their both of their weapons, and they had a full offensive staff. They dominated that defense. They did. So I'm, I'm calling that out to my Georgia fans that say they won the natty. No, you, you want a, a hurt Alabama team, and I'm calling the excuses here. I'm calling them because I'm tired of hearing about how Alabama was healthy. They weren't healthy. Like you played a, a, a without their top two receivers. People get um, so mad at Saban, but it's like he he didn't tell a lie. No, he didn't tell a lie. And you know, I'll I'll give up. You know, they won their national championship, whatever. Um, Setson Bennett doesn't have to do anything. He's got the best offensive line in the country. Uh, he had last year had some great weapons on the outside. I think Brock Bowers is going to be a NFL hall of famer. I've been saying it since like week three of last year. Uh, I think he had three backs last year that were very solid, you know, with cook can catch the ball out of the backfield was unbelievable. You didn't have to do much. You, you just throw the ball to the right, to the left. And then you all, Ben, you mentioned the deep balls and then last championship. As a past quarterback, like a deep ball is actually the easiest ball in the world to throw. If you have time and you can set your feet and throw it, you just put it in a spot and let George Pickens catch the ball. Um, I, I just think it's gonna it'll prove his talent when he doesn't get drafted. Right? He's they're gonna go to the playoff next year, and he's not gonna get drafted. And it's gonna be like, wow, how did he win an ass championship? Because they had so much talent. And to Ben's point, they're gonna keep reloading. George and Alabama are gonna be at the top for a long time as long as both of those coaches are there, and as long as the NIL doesn't have a cap. Once Kirby Smart heard there was an NIL, he started jumping for joy that now he didn't have to cheat. He could just – now he could legally do it because Kirby Smart's been cheating the moment he got to Athens. Athens hasn't changed since Mark Rick left. I hate to break it to you guys. Kirby's not just, oh, I'm a bowl-cut nine dude. I want to I recruit. No. He did something in Athens, and it's called bringing cash to the table. I'm just calling it. I'm calling it how it is. Hey, I what, like what all did the he sh- do differently? What did he do differently, Ben? What's different? What did he do to change that program? I, I don't get it. You didn't, <laughs> the facilities weren't different. The bars didn't change in Athens. If you think yeah, he no legally got these five stars, I'm just ranting because I'm tired of but, hearing about but it. But I know, I know your answer to this. Do you think anyone has legally done it? The George Pickens recruitment made me change my whole – it pissed me off. Phoenix City, Alabama? 
think he's from. They she, he was recruited. Yeah. He was committed to us for three and a half years. Day of signing day flipped. Come on. I'm with Cody on this one. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying in college football. That's just a fact. First um, of all, I would like to there's loopholes. Georgia fans, my Georgia fans that are listening, I am jealous. I am ranting because I'm jealous. So, just would like to say that. There it is, guys. I Hello. wish. I wish we a, were that good. I wish we were sexual, that good. Start a sexual <laughs> relationship um, against Kirby. Whenever <laughs> someone did the Harson, put an allegation out there. I'm not that mean. Let's keep it moving here, guys. Cody, let's talk about the team that you that your uh, mom cheers for that we've heard brought up many times. We know how the offense is going to be for Tennessee with Hooker and Tillman back this season. Will the defense be able to pick up their own and get this team to double-digit wins? Double-digit wins. Oof. After a oh, – that's such a good question. Ben, read the schedule up. You have it? Ball, yeah, Ball State at Pittsburgh, Akron, Florida in Tennessee. By at LSU, home against Alabama, home against UT Martin, home against Kentucky, at Georgia, Missouri, at South Carolina, at Vandy. I have at least nine wins there and a possible loss at South Carolina. Yeah. I, after a bowl win, I will say they have 10 wins, Thomas. Wow. Maybe before. Maybe before. I think, I think I'm in full agreement here, by the way. Okay. We've seen that in college football when you have an overpowering offense or something that's supposed to be an overpowering offense, you can win a lot of games in college football because a lot of – not a lot of time, but some of the time these games just come down to a shootout. I don't know how many teams that are going to consistently stop Tennessee, to be honest with you. We know that they have a really good offensive-minded head coach in Josh Heifel. We know that they have a quarterback who's coming off a good season, expected to have a great season. He even has – Dark Horse Heisman um, written all over him, according to a bunch of ESPN people. They can win a game that, like, I don't think they can win at Georgia. They can win in LSU. They probably don't play there very often, and I don't know when's the last time they've won there, but that's a team that they could go in just as good at. So, yeah, I think at Georgia they lose. I think Alabama they lose. Everything else, I think, is up for grabs, to be honest with you. I think the Kentucky game is going to be huge for them because I think if they lose to Kentucky, I think their season completely goes downhill because then they play Georgia after, then they still go to at South Carolina. I think think it could be three losses uh, from October 29th and on, and obviously that's not a great season for – I think it's a good season for Tennessee, but it's not what they're looking for. So I think they can get double-digit wins. I think they could have a double-digit win – season after a bowl one i'm uh i am high on the balls i think they're gonna have a great season i just don't think the defense is quite good enough guys i'm saying nine and four will be the final season with the bowl win i think pittsburgh is gonna get them week two and since they're on the road in that one i think florida georgia and alabama all beat them I just don't see the defense, guys. I think their offense, like you guys said, is going to be able to put up a ton of points. I just think that the defense is not going to be good enough, and that's what's going to be their downfall in some of these games. But I do think it is huge also, too, that they get LSU at the beginning of the season. I think LSU is going to have, has going to have trouble at the beginning of the season. I think at the end of the season, they'll actually play better ball. Um, interesting team, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, I could rant with you what you just said, but I don't want to get into it. Like, who on Pittsburgh's defense do you know of? 
Um, Who on Pittsburgh's okay. defense is relevant? I'm not as good with the names on the defensive side of the ball in college football, but their defensive tackle is one of the best in the entire ACC. Their entire defense is actually stacked. Last year's defense was decent, but this year's defense is even better. They have a couple key transfers in the secondary as well. Pittsburgh's actually loaded, and they get Keaton Slovis. I don't think – I mean, I don't think they'll be as good as they were last year, but I just think at Pitt – it's going to be a tough game. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost that one. I think they are. I'm a little higher on Pitt than most. Didn't Pitt win in Knoxville last year? They did. So it is a revenge game, too. But, I mean, I just think – th- Hey, it's going to be a good game for sure. I think this Pitt defense, though, is going to come ready to play. I think they'll be home dogs, and I think they're going to – there's nothing I love more than a home dog, as you all know. Um, but I do also think that is the key game of the season. I think if they win that game, you know, I think they're definitely – getting double digits i don't see any way they don't if they win that one i just got Pitt winning it um let's keep things going here let's go to the kentucky wildcats who actually have high expectations this year they bring back stud quarterback will levis um a lot of people have going very high in the nfl draft wandale robinson though he set multiple receiving records for this team is gone now three offensive linemen are gone as well um their offensive coordinator has gone back from the rams the guy they do bring in is from the 49ers who runs the exact same scheme and they're losing six starters from the defense will kentucky be like the team of last year no 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 I love ranting about Kentucky. What an irrelevant school when it comes to football. They think they're relevant, right? They're the Ole Miss of the East. Every year you get on Twitter, you you listen to them. They rant about how good they're recruiting. Like, yeah, congrats on your three-star in Northern Kentucky. Like, no one's ever heard of him. Private white school, right? You know? Um, No, we got the big dogs in Atlanta. We're recruiting hard. Come on down south. They suck. They're going to go eight and four at best, seven and five. Their Kentucky fans are going to be ranting. Think about how this, my favorite part about them, Ben, is they talk about how Stoops is like their savior. This man, because he's won three straight bowl games, that's the expectation at Kentucky. And they think now that they have jumped those, no, they've lost half their defense, half their offense. I have them going seven and five. I actually have them getting smacked in Knoxville. I think Levis is fine. I pray to God the Falcons stay away from him. I think Same. he's a backup quarterback at best in the NFL. Same. No, I agree with you completely, Cody. I think he's a little more of a runner than he is a passer just from watching him play a lot. But I actually am in full agreement on this one. I have him winning seven games. I actually think Louisville is going to beat them as well in the last game of the season. I think that they're going to win the first game, obviously. But, I mean, going week two at Florida, I mean, you're going to be – smack in the heat even though it's a night game i mean it's still gonna be humid as hell down there cody you've been behind the enemy lines and down and down in gainesville before you know how it is down there it is not an easy game at all Mm -hmm. i mean rodriguez had fumbling problems last year he is a good running back but i just think this team like everything they're losing is not being factored in enough i mean seven and a five is a good season at kentucky realistically this is football is just something to get them through until basketball season starts I think seven and five, this is the same old Kentucky team, guys. I don't think they're doing that much that much better than they did last year. Let, let's be honest, guys. Levis couldn't get on the field over Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford is not that good. That means both of you guys are on Team Calipari instead of Team Stoops. Uh, I am on Team talk. Calipari. Same. Team Calipari has every right to fight for that. He has um, built that. He's built Kentucky, man. If you want to. Sorry, your turn. He hasn't built Kentucky. Kentucky's been built since he built the one and done era. Yes, that is true. That's one hundred percent true. But he didn't build Kentucky basketball. You're one hundred percent right. Built Kentucky was already built and established. He actually has probably 
it's not a basketball podcast, but probably has not reached his expectations. Yeah, he's won that championship. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing that I think is bad for Kentucky. They play Florida in Florida week two. In my opinion, Florida is going to be coming off a home loss to Utah. Florida ain't losing back-to-back home games to start this year. I don't care if they have a new coach. They don't lose back-to-back games in the swamp like this. I can promise you that. And Kentucky hadn't beaten them for like however many years before. So Kentucky went, I think Kentucky went 31 years or something like that without beating Florida ever. And then they won, I think the last four meetings are two and two, which is obviously very good. I'll bring it back to your point, Cody, about like Stoops being their savior. So like their expectations before he got there were the floor. Just don't come in last in the SEC East. He's built them up to at least a respectable program, you know. He had – what did Josh Allen go in the draft? Did he go third overall to the Jaguars? Josh Allen? Yeah, he was the top defensive five. End. He was the top five oh, yeah, pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wanda Robinson, I know that he was a transfer, but he was just, I believe, a first-round pick as well. So, like, they are a respectable program at this point. Like, I get it, basketball, it is what it is that it is a basketball school. Like, I'll just get into Kentucky's schedule. I don't think they win in Florida. Uh, that's one loss. I think they win at Ole Miss, just personally. But I don't think South Carolina is easy. I think they beat Mississippi State. Tennessee's not easy. And then Georgia and Louisville at the end. I think they kind of go back to around the seven win mark. Um, I think they could challenge Tennessee to finish second in the East. I just don't think they win at Tennessee. So I have, I don't know. I have Tennessee finishing second in the East, but that's pretty irrelevant. Yeah, I actually have Kentucky finishing fourth in the East. Um, the team, the other team, I have Tennessee finishing second, the team that I have also finishing in front of Kentucky here. Going with the Florida Gators, man. Let's talk about it and get down to it. Look, Florida, they have a, do have a tough schedule as they open the season against Utah in the Swamp. Um, they also play South Florida. They're at, they have to play at Tennessee. They play at Georgia, at Texas A&M. But they also go at Vandy, at Florida State. But they get South Carolina at home. They get LSU at home, Missouri at home, um, Kentucky at home. Look, I think they have a very favorable schedule. You know, they get – I mean – a&M would be a hard game regardless of where that game's played at. Um, on top of that, Georgia would be a hard game no matter where that game's played. At. I mean, I guess it's technically in Jacksonville, but it's like, you know what I mean? They're getting a favorable end of the schedule as they have more home games than they do road games, and they get to play their easier opponents at home, so they're going to be easier for them to win. I think that this team was very talented last year. I just think they had to put up with a lot of BS with all the um, Dan Mullen stuff going on. So, you know, I think that with, with everything now – bring in Billy Napier. I think Billy Napier is going to do a great job with this team. I think he's going to make Anthony Richardson his more, I mean, Anthony Richardson's way more talented than Levi Lewis. I think he's going to make him his better version of Levi Lewis. I really think getting all those distractions out of there, though, with Mullen's going to pay off for this team. I think Florida wins eight games this season. Oh, I think Florida's got a really tough schedule. Um, Yeah. I think Florida has the right coach, actually. I think they're going to finally have some stability in the program. And I think they're going to recruit really, really well in the state of Florida. Um, I actually have a coworker of mine that's a really good friend. Um, shout out to Nihar. Uh, that is, you know, I work with a lot of UF people. And they say that, you know, they actually are believing in, the, in him as, you know, fan base and everything along yeah. those lines. Um, so I really think it's pretty much like a uh, Kelly case in LSU. I think it's going to be a rough year this year. Um, in my opinion, but I think after this year, I think we're going to see a major come up on the University of Florida. Um, it just takes a couple a couple of years. I think some recruiting and people buying into his, you know, offense, defense, all the coaching staff. It takes time. Um, 
but I think they have their guy. Um, and I think they are going to win six or seven games this year. Um, but next year win nine to 10 games. So the rumors out of uh, Florida were pretty similar and pretty comparable to what Auburn started with when Harson got hired. There wasn't like a very public version of an overwhelming support for, for high or for Harson when he got hired. There really wasn't all that much from, I'm talking about from the boosters, not fan, fan base. And Florida was the same. Florida really started slow in his first recruiting class. And I just remember listening to Josh Pate, who I think is very, very smart. And he had a source at Florida saying that, like, he doesn't have the full backing of Florida's program right now. Like, he had put a couple of things on his wish list, and, like, they're kind of being ignored in terms of, like, money on the recruiting trail. They're starting to kick it up in Florida, like you mentioned, Cody. They're starting to recruit the state of Florida pretty well. Uh, Florida, Florida State, and specifically Miami the most, is really putting a chokehold on the state of Florida once again, which is really, really good news for college football because as an Alabama fan, I know how much talent that Alabama has stolen from the state of Florida. Just look at the past receivers Bama's had. There's a lot of them from the state of Florida. I look at Florida's schedule. I think they could have six losses, to be honest with you. I think they lose to Utah. If they beat Utah, I think they lose to Kentucky. I'm counting that as one. I think they lose at Tennessee, two. I think they lose to Georgia three at AM four. I think they lose to Florida State this year. It's at Florida State. And then I don't think South Carolina or um, LSU at home were easy. I, I think they could have six losses, but I agree with Cody that I think they're just a couple years away from getting this thing rolling with Billy Napier. I have confidence in him that from what I've seen in the past just couple of weeks, he's really ramped up recruiting. I have confidence that they can get back on track fairly quickly. Hey, only time will tell what happens with the Gators. There's a lot of question marks going on currently for them in Gainesville. Y'all seem to be a lot higher on South Carolina than I am. Why don't y'all tell me why Spencer Rattler can turn things around with Shane Beamer? I just really like Shane Beamer. I think he's a really good coach. I actually think people really believe in him. Um, Having the support at South Carolina is super important. Columbia is a really tough place to play if you have a chance to go to Columbia, and it's like a really hostile environment. Um, You know, I think – he is buying into the culture of South Carolina, which mm-hmm. is having the fans, you know, buy tickets and show up to these games. Um, he didn't have that at much him. So um, I think you're going to see some big wins, actually. I think they have Georgia at home this year. Um, they are not going to beat Georgia, but you're going to see South Carolina play the best game of their life. I think they're going to, you know, lose by, you know, at halftime, it's going to be a close game is what I'm going to say. Uh, and I think you're going to see a turnaround. I have them winning around eight games this year. Yeah, so I don't yeah. – I don't. Are they Clemson, do they have Clemson at home or on the road? Um, let me see. I have the schedule up right now. Um, they they, pl- they play Clemson on the road. Yeah, on the road. Never mind. <laughs> I was about to call um, my upset a, of the year. I think it's been a long time since they've beaten Clemson. It has, since my yeah. freshman year of college. Um, so I don't want to necessarily – like I've talked to – uh, South Carolina on everyone else's schedule. I don't think they're necessarily going to be like that good per se. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a team that you can get got by. I, I don't think it's a team you can take lightly. I know that Rattler hasn't shined in any way that he was expected to, but sometimes it takes the perfect coach that believes in you, the right situation. Maybe Oklahoma just wasn't right for him. Maybe like the expectations at Oklahoma 
are national championship or bust. At South Carolina, he's he can take a deep breath. He, he knows he ain't winning the SEC East, right? He His job this year is to play as best as he can to put an NFL tape, assuming he wants to play in the NFL. I, I feel like a no-pressure situation can get team can uh, is the reason why they can get teams. Like, you, you can't argue that Spencer Rattler's not talented. These talent evaluators, they know what they're doing at this point. He was – was he the highest-rated quarterback or second highest? He was up there. Was Every the school in the country wanted this kid. And I agree with Cody. I think Shane Beamer is the right fit for a school like South Carolina. Um, I don't think they're going to be great by any means, like I said. But I don't think they're – I think going at South Carolina is just never easy. They could be projected two, three wins. Playing in Columbia is not going to be easy. I think it's probably the – I would probably put it as the third hardest place to play. Forget the team you play against, just atmosphere-wise. I'd probably put – I've never been to Florida. Um, so I would put Auburn one. I would put Florida two. And I would put South Carolina three. I think the hardest thing about playing at Georgia and the hardest thing about playing at Alabama is the team you have to play is how I look at it. Yeah, no, look, I think they'll probably go six and six. I think being humbled was a good thing for Spencer Rattler, but I don't really see more than six and six out of this team. I just didn't know how high y'all really were on them since you mentioned them a couple times on the podcast. Um, this thing's about to kick us out here in a second. So before we get off here, guys, let's both give our um, conference player of the year and our SEC championship. Ben, go first. I'm going to go Jameer Gibbs and as the SEC um, player of the year, and I'm going to go Alabama over Georgia. I am going to do Will Anderson from Alabama and Alabama over Georgia. 42 to 17. You know what, guys? The beat down in Atlanta. And to continue the trend, guys, I hate to be that guy, but I'm also going to go shocker. It's college football, Alabama over Georgia. And I'm going to go with Bryce Young as my conference player of the year. So. I'm glad that we're all on the same page on that one. Nobody's shocked by that. Um, Cody, before we get out of here, because me and Ben will be dropping our final four and championship prediction on the week zero podcast. What's your final four and your national champion? Well, that's a great question. I have Alabama beating Ohio state in the national championship. Um, I have Ohio state, Georgia um, playing. And then I believe it's, I have Alabama playing. Ooh, this is a good one. Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama. I got to think of the fourth. Mm. What do we think, guys? I'll add Clemson. Why not? Do you, think, do you think Alabama and Ohio State, as predictable as it is, don't you think that's almost the continued trend of bad for college football? Yes. I don't want to rant. I can rant too long about that. I think the trend of college football is going down. That's why I'm a huge NFL guy, as you guys know. Um, mm-hmm. I just think – you go to you watch the NFL. You don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Like I agree. You watch college football. You have four teams that you know are going to win. Like you could choose yeah. from a bucket. So I, I think there, that needs to change. And NIL is not helping. But besides the point. Exactly. Well, anyway, guys, Cody, Ben, I appreciate y'all coming on once again and breaking it down with us. Cody, we'll have you back on soon. Yeah, had a blast, guys. Pleasure, George. Roll tide, Cody. Appreciate everyone who tuned in, Thanks, and we'll talk you. to y'all again soon.